Welcome to COC Cape Town Sermon Downloads. Enjoy this message. But I want to start a new series this morning called Preparing for Breakthrough for 2022 as our theme for next year is Breakthrough 2022. And I know we've still got lots to do for the last two months and God is still going to do great things. But as we prepare for this new year, I want us to start to looking towards what we need to put into place in order to enter into the year of Breakthrough in 2022. Look at your neighbor on your left hand side say, I'm breaking through in 2022. Tell your neighbor on the other side, I'm not breaking down, I'm breaking through. Amen. Psalm 51 verse 12, the Bible says in the Passion Translation, Let my passion for life be restored, tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring to me. Hold me close to you with a willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. So many people I believe this morning, like the psalmist says, and more specifically the last 22 months, have had their passion for life disrupted and in many cases stolen from them. The psalmist says, he says, restore what? My passion for life. We have to, I believe we have to get our passion for life back if you've lost it. We can't allow ourselves to end 2021 with no passion. Can you say amen? Or enter 2022 with little or no passion for life. The psalmist says he cries out, and I believe a word in season for somebody this morning. Restore the passion for life. Restore my passion for life. Amen. We're not yet to lose our passion. Amen. We had to refire this morning. So I'm here to challenge someone today to start declaring again. Let my passion for life be restored. Say that with me this morning. Say, let my passion for life be restored. Put your hand on your chest, on your heart. Say, let my passion for life be restored. Come on, there's a passion, there's a zeal, there's a fight, there's a fire in you this morning. Amen. And you have to ask God to restore that. If you've lost it, this is our year of restoration and recovery. So this is still our year of restoration and recovery. Amen. And your passion for life is still possible. Amen. You can restore your passion for life. So we cannot allow ourselves, like I said, to prepare for 2022, a year of breakthrough with no passion for life. Listen to what the psalmist says, follows a restored passion. He says, I will taste joy in every breakthrough God brings to my life. So he says, when your passion is restored, he says, you'll start to taste joy in every breakthrough. Sometimes God is busy preparing our breakthrough, but we don't see it. There's not a joyful experience for us because we're always under the hammer, always looking at the negative. But the Bible says when our passion is restored, we will taste joy in every breakthrough. Can you say amen this morning? The psalmist says in Psalm 34 verse 8, he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. So we have to put our trust back in God. We have to keep our trust in God and put our trust back in God if you've lost your trust in God. But the Bible says we have to taste and see. The psalmist says what? He says, when my passion for life is restored, I will taste joy in every breakthrough. That means you have to be joyful when God starts to bring you breakthrough because God is going to let you break through in every situation in your life. And sadly, so many have allowed the regulations of man's limitations to steal their passion and their taste. This is what Paul wrote to the church in Colossians. He said in Colossians 2 verse 20, he says, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concerns things which perish with, with using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. So listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that when God wants to do something in you and through you, spiritually, God wants you to taste the joy in every breakthrough. He says, sometimes we subject ourselves against to the regulations of man. Now, we're not rebellious towards this virus that's been going around the world for the last two years. 
But the Bible says we can't be regulated by man's doctrines. We can't be forced into places where we are more focused on do not this, do not that, do not touch, do not taste, do not wear a mask, do not uh, take your mask off, do not this, do not that. We can become so focused on what we cannot do. The Bible says we have to be focused on what God can do and He's busy doing through your life. Can you say amen this morning? So it's time, child of God, to lift your head and to boldly begin to claim again. Let my passion for life be restored again. Let my taste, let me taste joy in every breakthrough that you bring me, Lord. We have to taste the goodness of God. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. That does not necessarily mean Cadbury's chocolate, which might be part of it, but it's not about physical taste. It's about tasting the goodness of God in and through your life. Amen. So I declare again that I will taste and see how good God has been to me. If you believe that this morning, amen, you need to start declaring that again. Father, restore back my passion for life. I need to get my fight back. Amen. Some people have lost their fight. Some people have lost their zeal. Then he goes on to say, says what? He says, hold me close to you, he says. In other words, let me get back into your presence. And he says, let my willing spirit worship you. He says, hold me close to you, God. He says, let me get back into your presence. And I believe as we started to see, people starting to come back to the house of God. We're starting to see people get back into church. I would encourage you, if you're online this morning, you haven't been back in church for 20 odd months, whatever, I encourage you to come back to the house of God. We celebrate online church. Yes, we're going to use technology to advance God's kingdom. But we can't replace, amen, the church with online church. We have to maybe use it if we're not in church once a, one, once a month, or maybe you can't make church and you watch the service after the time. But the Bible says, hold me close. He says, let me come back into your presence. Because in your presence, there is fullness of joy. It's in God's presence where He speaks to us. I mean, we know uh, this morning as we worship in this place before we, we get into the Word. It's in the, in the presence of God. God's speaking to you already in the worship. God is busy realigning things. God is busy shifting things. God is busy moving things when you start to get back into His presence. But outside of the presence of God, we're in the presence of the world. When we're in the presence of the world, we have to act like the world. And Paul says, why have you got back to do not touch, do not taste? He says, you have to start believing God again for great things. As we prepare for 2022, our year of breakthrough. Can you say amen this morning? So restoration of a passion for life is dependent on how close you choose to get to God. And how obedient we are to His instructions in His presence. Because He says what? He says, hold me close to you with a willing spirit that, that, that obeys whatever you say. It's not a lawful obedience like Moses put them under the law and said, if you don't do this, you'll be punished. But it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an obedience by faith. When God speaks to you, when God gives you an instruction, when God gives you something to do, when God uh, activates something in your life, it's yes, Lord, here I am, use me. Yes, Lord, here I am, I will obey your instructions. But it's in His presence where we, we obey His instructions. Amen. So how many of you know that as we prepare for 2022, a year of breakthrough, three things that will try and rob you of our passion for life in an attempt to delay our breakthrough. Three things I want to focus on over the next few weeks. Those three things, not focus on them. We're going to eradicate these things in order to prepare for breakthrough. But three things that will try and rob you of your passion for life. Number one, indecision. Number two, doubt. Number three, fear. You see, indecision is the seed to fear. Whenever we are indecisive, when we're not sure what we should do, when we don't make up our minds, that's what many people are. Well, I'm not sure anymore. Before COVID, I was sure. Now after COVID, I'm not sure anymore. Well, I want to say to you, indecision needs to be eradicated from your life. Amen. When we start to live life with indecision, we start to breed doubt. And when doubt and indecision become friends, we give birth to fear. This is what I'm saying this morning. 
We have to understand that indecision is going to rob you of breakthrough in your life whenever you are indecisive. That's why we can't end this year indecisive. We can't go into next year being indecisive. We have to make up our minds. We have to choose, amen, to trust God and be decision makers. So fear, as we know, is false evidence appearing real. Fear is false evidence appearing real. But when we become indecisive, when we are undecided in something, and whatever it is, and many of us have to make decisions, all of us have to make decisions every single day. But indecision, amen, is the seed to fear. Indecision breeds doubt. When you're walking in indecision all the time, you start to doubt yourself. You start to lose your confidence or your confidence. You're not sure anymore. And when you start to become doubtful, you start to breed fear. And when you start to live a life of fear, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to stand in the same place. And God doesn't want us to stand still. God wants us to advance and to move forward. Can you say amen? They're in Cape Town North and you're in Cape Town this morning. So the first decision we must make is to eradicate indecision from our lives. That's the first decision. The first decision you have to make as you end this year, as you prepare for next year, is that we have to eradicate indecision. That's the first decision. Sounds contradictory, but it's not. Wendell May says this. He said, indecision is a virus that can run through an army and destroy its will to win or even survive. So what he says, he says, indecision is a virus that can run through an army and destroy its will to win or even survive. That's what indecision does. Makes you lose your will to fight makes you lose your, 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 your confidence. You start to live a life of procrastination. Well, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next month. I'll do it next year. Well, I hope God is going to bring restoration in my life. But it's because we're undecided. We're living in a place of indecision. If you want to get your health back, you want to get your fitness back, you want to get your finances back, you want to get your marriage back, you have to make a decision, my friend. I want to encourage you this morning. We can't live lives of indecision because indecision is the fear is the seedling to fear amen so we have to rid ourselves of the virus of indecision like the world is trying to rid itself of the virus of 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 this this epidemic we're going through of the coronavirus we have to rid ourselves of the virus of indecision so many people have become undecided in the last 22 months because they told what to do what not to do they're more reliant on when the president speaks or when some person has to give them an instruction as opposed to listening to the instruction of the Holy Ghost, to following the lead of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean to say if you follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, you have to be rebellious to natural authority. But we are spirit-led. Amen. Heaven is busy imparting into us all the time. Spiritual advancement, spiritual direction. We are filled with the Spirit of God. We are different to the world. We're in the world. We're not of it. Amen. Our job is to shine light in a dark place. Our job is to take what, the, what heaven is busy imparting into us and shine that light into the world. Not to criticize and judge the world, but to be difference makers. But if all, of you, if all that you're waiting for is for somebody to give you an instruction, you are going to miss out on what God wants to do in and through your life. Amen. George Canning said, he said, indecision and delays are the parents of failure indecision and delays are the parents of failure because when you are undecided you start to bring self-inflicted delay into your life god doesn't want you to stand still god doesn't want your life to, to go backwards god wants your life to advance because i know the plans i think towards you says the lord to give you a future not plans to harm you but to give you a future but you have to partner with god and make a decision every single day of your life i as for me and my house we will serve the lord there's a good decision we are going to go back to church. There's a good decision. We're going to raise our children in church. There's a good decision. We are going to partner with the purpose of God. There's a good decision. We're going to become committed members of the, the body of Christ. There's a good decision, amen. 
we are going to be salt and light there's a good decision we're going to forgive those that have done things against us there's a good decision can you say amen Come on, I really believe this morning. God wants to activate in people again the ability to make decisions. You might think, well, I do, Pastor. Well, you have to make a decision what to wear this morning. That's a decision. You have to make a decision to come to church. That's a decision. But sometimes there are bigger decisions we have to make. Like what is next year going to be look like for me? What is my 2022 going to look like? And I want to say to you, as we prepare for 2022, make a decision to eradicate indecision from your life. Even if it's a wrong decision, I always tell people, just make a decision because we'll soon discover it's wrong. And the Bible says what? That if the enemy meant anything for bad, God will turn it to the good. Amen. We know that all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to His purpose. So you might not know the answer, but if you make a decision, you'll discover the answer. Amen. When you make a decision, like you want to take that girl on a date, make a decision, put some deodorant on. Amen. Take her for coffee and pay for the coffee. Amen. Make a decision and act romantic with her. James reminds us in James 1.6, he says, Just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent, the double-minded person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and you're tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? So the Bible says that sometimes we are our own worst enemies. We cause the delays that God is trying to get through to us, the breakthroughs God is trying to break through into our lives. We are causing that by being undecided. Because God's got you in point A and God wants you to be at point B to experience the next part of His plan, but you stay in point A. And God wants you to move to point B. How? By faith. But pastor, no, we're not building out Christians. We don't butt everything out the way. But I don't have money, but I don't have the education, but I don't have the qualification. No, I walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to make a decision. Today I'm going to get up. I'm going to comb my hair. I'm going to get in the shower. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to face life. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to walk. And as I walk by faith, God is going to lead me and God is going to guide me. Can you say amen this morning? So even Jesus brought everyone who pursued Him for a breakthrough to the value of decision. Everybody wanted their uh, their blind eyes open. They wanted their sicknesses healed. They wanted so many things done. They pursued Christ. They looked for Him. But every time they came to Him, He brought them to a value of decision. Mark 10, 36, He said what? And He said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Listen to what Jesus did. Jesus always brings people to the value of decision before He executes the breakthrough. What do you want me to do for you? Well, I want to see. I want my eyes open. I want my marriage restored. I want my business to be recovered. I want whatever it is you're asking God for. He's going to bring you to the place of decision. You have to make up your mind. He even asked his own disciples, who do people say that I am? Well, some say this, some say that. But who do you say that I am? He always brings people to the value of decision. That is why even when it comes to eternal life, So many people vacillate about making a decision for Christ. Well, I don't believe you have to be born again. I don't believe you have to do something now. You can wait until next year. Well, when my life is right or when I'm not ready yet. Well, that's a decision you make. And the Bible says we have no promise of tomorrow. Amen. That's why faith is now. We have to make a decision now. Because when you make a decision now, God partners with decision makers. So the Bible tells us a powerful story. Of four men who not only needed a breakthrough in their lives, but also needed their health and their passion for life restored. They were faced with 
the need to make a decision. Like all of us in this place, as a human, we are faced with decisions every single day. I have to make decisions to be a great husband. I have to make a decision to be a great father. I have to make a decision to be a great pastor. I have to make a decision. I had to make a decision to come here this morning. Amen. I didn't want to. I wanted to go to the Blue Peter. But my wife said to me, I have to come preach about Peter. Amen. So I said, oh yes, I'm the pastor. I forgot. I've got to be here this morning. But we all want to make decisions. And sometimes they're not good. Sometimes they're not bad. But decisions are part of our life every single day. The Bible tells us a powerful story of four men that had to make a decision. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 3, the Bible says, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? Sounds like a lot of Christians these days. Just sitting around waiting to die. Just sitting around waiting for something to happen, something to change. Well, nothing's going to change while you just sit there. And these four men are going leprosy. In their case, it was physical sickness. It was a physical disease. You might have a challenge in some other area. Like I said, it could be your business that's lost ground. Could be your marriage that's not in a good place. Could be something in your life. Could be your spiritual walk with God. Maybe you've lost your zeal and your fire for God. Whatever it might be, your situation might be similar to these, these four men. But they were faced with having to make a decision. And the Bible says they're sitting at the gate. Their choices are what? We've been discarded from society because we've got leprosy. So we've been rejected from, from our, our city. In those days, there weren't uh, hospitals and medical centers to care for people. So they were put outside the gate. The options are what? We can either sit here and die with nothing, no resource, no money, no options, no opportunities, no, no solutions, no outlook for the future. We can just sit here. We know option two is not going to work because we can't go back because we're not allowed to go back. We were told we can't go back, so that's not going to work. Option three, they said what? Listen to what they said. So they said what? If we say, verse 4a, he says, if we say we'll enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So he says, we've got to make a decision. If we don't make a decision, both ways, we're going to, we're going to suffer the losses. He goes on to say in verse 4, he says, now therefore... He said, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. Third decision. Do we sit here, die? We can't go back and die. Do we go to the enemy? And if we go to the enemy, listen to what he says. He says, if, we keep, if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. So he says, here's our options. Option one, sit here and die. Feel sorry for ourselves. Blame everybody. Blame the government. Blame my education. Blame the boss. Blame the company. Blame the pastor. Blame my parents. Blame, blame, blame. Like the Adam nature in every single human. Blame the government. Blame whatever it is. We're going to play the blame game. That's the first option. Well, why did we get leprosy? Or maybe blame God. Some people like to play that card. They like to blame God when things don't work out. But these men are said, well, if we sit here... We're going we're gonna to die. He says, well, let's go to the, the second option. We can't go back in the city. You maybe can't go back to that job you've lost. You maybe can't go back to that marriage if your husband has divorced you or your wife has divorced you. Perhaps there's been hurt and pain in your relationships and you can't go back there. But hey, you might not even be the cause of that divorce. But we're not going to look back. We're looking forward because God is, is a God of breakthrough. God is a God of better than before. God is a God of restoration. God is a God of recovery. Can you say amen? So if your husband or your wife have walked out on you, I want to say to you, don't blame yourself. Amen. Just believe God for something better that's going to be in your future. Come on. I believe God is a God of a second chance. Amen. The Bible says what? It says if, we keep, if they keep us alive, we shall, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. So if we go to the enemy and we become slaves to the enemy, he says we're really slaves to ourselves sitting here. So why don't we go to the enemy and just believe, make the, let's make a decision. 
So thankfully they make a decision, verse 5. And the Bible says, and they rose at twilight. So they make a decision. Notice, when they make a decision, God partners with decision makers. That's what God does. God moves with the movers. Amen. God doesn't sit with the sitters. God always has compassion on us, but God doesn't have pity for us. God always has compassion on people. That means I understand where you are. I'm not going to feel sorry for you, but I'm going to walk you through that challenge. I'm not going to sit down with you and we're both going to cry, both go into a heap of discouragement, but I'm going to help you to get up and to walk you through. So whenever we deal with people as born-again Christians, as leaders, we should always have compassion on people. We should help the poor. We should feed the, the naked. We should, uh, the, the, we should feed the hungry and clothe the naked. Amen. And we should do what God told us to do. Give people a slice of bread. Give them a cup of water, whatever it might be. We must be the hands and the feet of Jesus. We must do the things God told us to do. But we can't feel sorry for people when they're going through tough times. In other words, we can't have pity on people. Because if we have pity on people, we're going to keep them in a place of, of delay. It's like when Jesus sat at the offering basket. I often tell the staff, and I said to them, you know, very often Christ didn't do everything. He just observed many things. He watched what people did at the offering basket. So when the offering basket comes by, the Bible says Jesus didn't receive it himself physically, but he sat and he watched what people gave in. Why? Because he wanted to see what people were going to do. And when they, when they made a decision, a woman that had two mites, a very poor woman, she gave out of her poverty. That means she had very little but she put her trust in God and she gave into the offering basket sacrificially. But a rich guy, Jesus watches, who could give much more, gave more than the woman gave, but he didn't give in relation to the sacrifice she gave. And so Jesus preaches a whole sermon on her small little offering. And I say this why? Because she made a decision. Now, notice Christ didn't tell her, listen, you poor, let's not get you to give. We're going to give you the money to give into the offering basket. Because as long as we have pity on people for all their lives, we should help people. If somebody comes to you and asks you for money, the Bible says, give him money. But you can't just keep giving the brother money or the sister money for the rest of their life. We have to give you money with help. Say, so, yeah, I'm going to give you money, but I'm going to ask you to come with me to church. I'm going to get you involved in a home sale. We're going to put you into a place, get you to TLC, get you to CRC Cares. We're going to help you to become a better version of yourself. Amen. That's what a decision is. I'm going to make a decision to turn my life around. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of sitting here and waiting to die. Because that's what these men were facing. Why do we sit here until we die? That's what many people are doing. They're just sitting. Every day becomes another day. Today becomes another day. It's a week. It's a month. It's a year. Now we're in year 2027. Nothing's changed. Why? Because I'm undecided. And the minute I make a decision, God partners with decision makers. Watch what the Bible says. So at twilight they rose to go to the camp of the Syrians, the enemy. And when they come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, there was no one there. So what sometimes what we think is going to be this catastrophe isn't that bad. Sometimes the obstacles we place in our own imagination aren't really even there. They're just obstacles we've placed in our own imagination. But what if? But what if not? But what if it doesn't work out? But what if it does work out? But what if God doesn't come through for me? But what if God does come through for you? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by the economy. We don't walk by the euro or the pound or the dollar. We don't walk by cryptocurrency valuations, although you might invest it. I say this because it's the new buzzword. 
So I don't say we should or we shouldn't. I say, but we don't put our faith in natural things. We put our faith in God. Can you say amen this morning? So the Bible says what? They make a decision and there's no one there. Sometimes the things aren't as bad as what you think they're gonna turn out. In actual fact, God's always gonna have a great ending for your story. Why? Because He's busy writing your story. He's the author and He's the finisher. Amen. But don't you write the end of your story. Don't you take over the pen from God and start to write your own story. Well, they all die. There's a funeral. People cry. No, we're not going. That's your version. My version is a miracle happened and they all live. And then the guy comes back and then they run into each other's arms and then they get the keys to the city and then they get the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Whatever your story wants to be. I'm believing for a great story to end. Amen. Guy gets girl. Girl, girl, girl falls in love. Girl gets married. Guy and girl have a great marriage. Raise a great family. Guy starts a business. Makes a great success. Travels the world. Amen. Amen. Guy has great kids. They're good kids. They, 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 they're great kids. He raises up those kids to become great parents. Those, those children are raised up to become to have lives of impact and lives of destiny. Why did you write that story? Why must it always be a doom and gloom story? No, because that's an obstacle in your own imagination. You're watching too many movies on Netflix. Amen. You must maybe watch some movies uh, in God's Bible. Amen. There's some great movies there as well. You can make up your own story as you go along. Oh, yeah, this morning. This is what the Bible says. In verse 6, the Bible says, For the Lord, listen. So they walk. They make a decision. So the Bible says, verse 6, For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots. So God is always one step ahead of us. So when you move, God is already two steps ahead. So God starts to cause fear in the hearts of the enemy. King David said this, he said what? He said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So the people that thought they're going to sink you, amen, are actually you're going to use that, 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 that manure they're throwing at you and you're going to stand on it to elevate you to a higher platform. That's what God will do. Because we know that all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Can you say amen this morning? So the Bible says, For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots. Tell your neighbor on your left hand side, say, God is fighting for me. Tell your wife, say, hey honey, God is with us, man. Tell her everything's going to be okay. Say, God's got this. All I have to do is walk to where God is. Amen. Because God's one step ahead. Why? Because He's walking ahead of us. Because He's busy causing the enemies to fear out of your life. Amen. He says, let God arise and let His enemies be scattered. So when we elevate God through worship, when we elevate, elevate God through trust, when we believe God, the Bible says, let God arise and let His enemies be scattered. Because His enemies are your enemies and your enemies are His enemies. And He will make them scatter. Amen. He will make them flee when no one is chasing. Why? Because you are coming there. Because you asked Him to lead you and guide you. You said, you are my shepherd, I shall not want. You make me to lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. He says, you're right on your staff, they comfort me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the, dog, the shadow of a dog can't bite. Amen. The shadow of death can't kill. It might threaten you, 
but it can't kill you. Why? Because as long as I'm breathing oxygen, as long as I've got faith, I'm alive. And if I'm alive, I've got a fight in me. Why? Because God who is in me is fighting for me. He's going ahead of me. He's busy scattering my enemies for me. That's what we are doing. We are busy preparing for 2022, our year of breakthrough. But you can only break through if you make a decision to break through. You have to walk by faith. Amen. The Bible says what? The noise of a great army. Sometimes it's just you and the Holy Spirit. Everyone thinks there's a million people coming. And you go, it's just me. I told you before, I, I was in a, a business situation years ago where somebody st- literally stole money from me. And uh, I was totally anti them. I rode past their business and I made signs like this. And I had visions of baseball bats. And my BC days came back strong. That I had visions of, I said, look, Lord, if, look, you made a whip. But if I have a baseball bat, I hit them twice. Once there, once there, and he's down. I can hit him with a knee. So all these worldly thoughts were coming into my head. Every day I drove past this business. And then I'd go to church on Sunday. We worship you, Jesus. And I'd, come past, and I'd drive past the business and I have baseball bats. So then I worship you, Jesus, then I have baseball bats. And that's how this was for a while. And the one day I'm getting to work, and as I unlock the, the, the door of my business, the Holy Spirit said to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to work. He said, no, no, I'm not talking about going to work. He said, what are you doing with the situation? I said, well, let's reason about this, God. I said, this guy stole. You know the deal. He's wrong. So you need to punish him because I'm your child and we know how this works. I ask and you just deliver. That's how we think sometimes. And the Lord said to me, no, that's not how we operate. He said, they, 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 they falsely accused me. They punished me when I was innocent. And when they blamed me and when they tried to steal everything from me, they stripped me naked of everything. He says, what was my response, Aiden? I said, well, I know what it should have been. What I would have done if I was you, Jesus. I would have done this. He said, no, no, what, would, what did I do? I said, you forgave them. He said, no, I forgive them. I said, okay, but look, let's reason about this. So it took me like the whole morning to work out this revelation. Because I thought, this is unfair. God, you can't do this to me. Because I'm going to hold this grudge as long as I feel led to hold this grudge. Because as long as I've got the grudge, I feel like I'm in control. But that's like drinking poison and hoping somebody else dies. Offense, bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred. And so I had to deal with this the whole morning. That afternoon, I thought, well, okay. Like King David said, he said, hold me close. So he said, what? He said, in your presence, I can obey everything you tell me. Because sometimes God's trying to tell you to forgive someone. God's trying to tell you to let that thing go. And you've got your lawyer's letters. You've got your legal documents. You've got all your plans worked out according to your plans. But many are the plans in a man's heart. But it's the Lord that directs his steps. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That we have to walk on the steps that God has ordered for us, not the steps we choose to follow ourselves. That's the great thing about the prodigal son. He chose his own steps, but there's always a way back if we choose to walk back to the Father. Amen. So I went to this man and I phoned this guy. I want to see you. So of course, they know now. I mean, I've been sending threatening letters, emails, you know, spitting on his front door sometimes when I really got in the flesh. Angry, owes me money. I'm under pressure, so because I'm under pressure, everyone else must be under pressure with me. You know the old story. Because hurt people hurt people. Amen. Hurt people hurt people. So when you hurt, you hurt others. Because you don't want to deal with, you don't first want to get healing. And so I went to this man, eventually I call a meeting, because that's you face Goliath. So I faced Goliath, not nice. Didn't sleep well that night. He sets up a meeting for me, and I get there the next day or whatever it was. And I walk into this whole entourage of like people, it's lawyers and doctors and uncles and aunties and all. They've got this whole, because I'm coming with a fight. They're thinking I'm coming with like a team of people. And it's just me, all alone. I walk in, me and the Holy Spirit and the light of forgiveness. And as I walk in, 
They go, I, I go, oh, thanks for the welcoming committee. There's like 10 of them. And it's this guy, whatever. They're waiting for a fight. And of course, they say yes. I said, well, they said, well, we just want to say. So I said, well, before you say anything, I just want to tell you. Maybe you don't know. I said, I'm a born-again Christian. And I was at work yesterday. So I tell them my testimony. I said, I'm at work yesterday. I'm unlocking the door. And the, whole, the, and the Lord says to me, what are you doing? So now they look at me going, but they've got like legal letters. And they've got, they've got like this whole legal fight. They're going to fight me with it. I've just got the spiritual explanation. I said, so God told me I must come and forgive you. And God told me I must tell you you can keep the money. Oh, okay, the, um, a lawyer, how do we deal with this? Now, I'm not sure. That's a kingdom principle. We're not in that. We, this is the kingdom of the world. In the kingdom of the world, we, we fight fire with fire. So I said, so the Lord told me you can keep the money. And I want to say to you, I want to forgive you. And I want to release you from my anger and from my offense and my bitterness. And I want to tell you that I want to pray for your business recovery. And I want to pray that your business succeeds. And I pray that you will be able to pay all your bills. That's like, Jesus says, like putting hot coals in a person's head. So what do I do? I said, bow your heads, close your eyes. So they all bow their heads, they close their eyes. Literally. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Now, what, is, what am I trying to say is that when these four men arrived at the Syrian camp, the Lord made it sound like an army was coming. So when you stand there and just you and the Holy Spirit, what they see is the army of God. It's like a force they can't explain. It's not a, it's not a fearful force, but it's a force. That's so why you don't realize when you open up your mouth and you're born again, you have a powerful force in you. When you go, hello, they're hearing hello. You, you hear hello come out your mouth. What they're hearing is Jesus loves you. It's like, who is this guy? There's something on this guy that's different. Yes, it's the Christ in me. How are you doing? You well? Good. Because every place my foot shall tread, you shall give it to me. Amen. Why? Because it's the Christ in me. It's the Christ in me. Amen. And so I pray for them. And I release them. And uh, I walk out and I felt great. And I said, okay, God. Now, isn't the money supposed to come? Isn't this the part where you give me the money back? Isn't this the part? Isn't this the deal? Shoop, and he's silent. Nothing. You spoke to me at the door and I put the key. Now you, now you just you go on AWOL. God just keeps quiet. Like when Jesus said to his father, why have you forsaken me? And his father didn't reply. Because that's sometimes the test we have to write. So I just went back to work and left it. And the day went by, two days went by. And now I'm starting to go, oh. See, God hasn't come through for me. About a week later, whatever it was, I see this guy one day, he's he's got this like this copier machine. But all I see is the copier machine, these two little thin legs. It's like this. I think to myself, what's this guy doing in the copier machine? He walks in, he he dumps this copier machine down on my desk, on on, on my office, on the counter of my company. And he puts it on, he goes, and I look up and he asks the son of the father of the people that took the money. So I go, hello? He says, my dad says, He's got this copier. If you can sell this, you can have it. He says, it's paid for. So I went, I don't need a copier. No, I know, but he says, that's all he can give you right now. I said, I told you I don't want anything. He says, no, but he just says he feels he needs to give you something. So I went, oh, for six months, you've been ducking and diving me, but my one prayer of release, now you bring me a copier machine. That's what God does. He brings the breakthrough. Amen. When we operate on his principles. And so I said, well, phone the dad the dad says no it's true my son hasn't stolen it like I stole from you I said okay no forgive you I'm not going to hold that against you so I phoned the copier company that came the rep came out he said to me he says yeah this is things paid cash but he says he said actually well, I've got a client he actually is looking for a copy let me take it to the guy literally it was half an hour after the guy arrived hour he puts it in his car comes back 
those days we had checks he brings me a check to about five or six hundred rand more than the value of the money that they owed me that they stole from me they sold the copy machine for i got all my money back and a bit of interest on that and i say this to us this morning in closing is that god is a god amen who partners with decision makers when you decide to forgive somebody god says i'm going to bring release in your area because as long as you got that grudge sometimes those those unforgiving relationships actually become very good relationships in the future i had another guy who also i had a business situation where i had to walk in the forgiveness thing and he actually became one of my biggest clients and the reason he became one of my biggest clients was he said no one's ever dealt with me the way you've dealt with me i want to say when we are children of god we deal with kingdom principles we don't operate like the world operates amen jesus said what if somebody wants your shirt give him your jacket he said, if somebody slaps you on the cheek turn the other one why because it's a kingdom principle and that's how we prepare for breakthrough 2022 we get rid of the indecision and we start to make decisions so my question to us in closing this morning what are some of the decisions you need to make what are some of the because we'll see now when they got to this place they got all the gold the silver everything they then went back to the city where they weren't allowed to they called the king and when they called the king and said listen because they were afraid of the enemy but when they made a decision to go towards the enemy to face their goliath god chased the enemy away they got all the spoils they went back to the city told the king that we found all the stuff and they were totally restored back to the city the city welcomed them back that's what god does god is a god of the second chance god gives back the things the enemy might have stolen from your life but we have to operate with decision are you here this morning amen are you here this morning so i want to say this to us today because i i just sense in my spirit as we conclude this morning is i want to say to you is that as we prepare for breakthrough 2022 what are some of the decisions you need to make your marriage your business your 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 spiritual walk with god perhaps you're sitting here today and you've never made jesus the lord of your life perhaps you're sitting on the outskirts of salvation because nicodemus the bible says in john chapter 3 comes to christ and he says what must i do to go to heaven he says i, I see i perceive the things that you do you can't do that outside of being a man of god and jesus we know the story john chapter 3 he says you must be born again so he says to nicodemus you have to make a decision you're a jewish man who operates by the law of moses but i say to you, you must be born in your spirit and many people fight salvation i did for many many years i fought salvation because i thought it was this this sort of this act or what it's just that it's a decision and the day that i made a decision 31st of may 1992 i always tell you the day because it's my day and i sat in a service like this and i sat in the back i was sort of up it was like in a theater and i was also up high sort of like yeah just the side of the of the of the pulpit and when the man made a decision asked who wants to give his life to christ i just said i'm going to make a decision today and i literally got up and i walked out of my chair my mother fell over took three bucks of sand to wake up because there's a little water in kimberley there's no water in kimberley so i took three bucks of sand to wake up it's a joke some of you'll catch that later and i went to the front and got to the front and as i stood there the short guy got out a sense of humor sent me a short guy i thought it was the holy spirit but actually it was the usher because he was down there he said, what do you want me? I said, where are you, Lord? He said, down here. I said, oh, it's you. It's this little guy like this. So he said, what do you want? I said, I don't know, but I'm just sick and tired. I've been sick and tired. I said, I want to change. And he said to me, can I pray for you? I said, please. He put his hand on my chest. Never forget it. I stood there in the front. He said, lift your hands. I went like this. He put his hands on my chest and he prayed, Father, I ask you to give this young man all the desires of his heart. And I prayed. The simple, led me in a sinner's prayer. No lightning bolt, no thunder, nothing. Just I made a decision the bible says when we make a decision behold those who are in christ old things pass away and behold all things become new because god now 
enters the equation. And now God takes what you could never take and He takes that heart of stone and He makes it a heart of flesh. And He took my life and He went like this. Literally, I mean, yes, it's my wife today was my girlfriend. I get back from church, I have this fat encounter with God. She's smoking Chesterfields at home, blowing smoke, ring, smoke rings through smoke rings. She was very good at it though as well. She beat me. I could only blow six, she could blow like nine. She used to take it like this, double clutch it from the side. How do you do that? Quiet room. It was quite a skill. She had quite a good skill. So for a few weeks we fought and argued because she was unsaved, I was saved. Long story short, but I made a decision. Now I thank God I made a decision on that day. So I stand here today, Pastor, but you, you call me Pastor. I didn't ask for a title. I just made a decision. But God has a plan. And if you'll make a decision, God will make the plan and your decision align. But we must make a decision. Stand with me this morning all over this place. Come on. Stand me on your feet with me all over this place. And I want you to lift your hands for a few moments right there where you stand. Make some decisions right there where you are. Just you and the Lord. Forget your, your partner, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever you are, family member, mother, father next to you. Just forget them for a moment. Just lift your hands for a few moments right there where you are. Cape Town North, come on. Make a decision. What are the decisions God's speaking to your heart right now? Just might, might be simple. I'm going to become a better father. I'm going to become a better husband. I'm going to become a better employee. I'm going to work. I'm going to become, change my attitude at work. I, I'm going to forgive this person. Whatever it is. For a few moments. Come on, right there where you stay. I just sense in my spirit. Just allow that, that weight, that burden. Come to me, all of you that are burden heavy laden. I'll give you rest. It's the place of rest. It's not, it's not a place of a, of a fight. It's a surrender. It's a place where we surrender all to Christ. Just say, yes, Lord. Like I did. I'm sick and tired. I've been sick and tired. And God does such an incredible work. It's a story that He writes. It's a beautiful story He's writing. Come with for a few moments. I sense in my spirit right there where you stand. Just take a moment and just make a few decisions. Nothing major. Just make a decision. I, I, I'm going to decide today, Lord, whatever it is. And just if it's to forgive somebody, speak that person's name. Just quiet yourself. Forgive you, whatever it is. Like I do. There's so many things I've had to do and i still got to do in my walk with God. But God makes a decision. Amen. While you stand there this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving right now, just for the sake of ending of the service. You're standing in this place this morning. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to make a decision. Like I said, I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm asking you to make a decision this morning. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to encourage you today to do that. If that's you, you're saying, Pastor, I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. This word has spoken to my heart today. I've never made that decision. Like I did, 31st of May, 1992. I was even confirmed in my church. I was religious, but I was lost. Because it's not about a religion it's about a relationship but slate i choose i place before you life and death blessing and cursing i say choose life today god is calling you don't run and run from god don't fight god today just stand in this place and let the peace of god that surpasses human understanding flood your heart and your mind for a few moments come on you say you're just echo pastor i need to make this decision today or perhaps you were serving god at one time like the prodigal son he had to make a decision to come back to his father's house make that decision today and say yeah I'm giving my life back to God. I come back for the morning. I come back for the I'm coming back to God this morning. And just give Him your life back. Man. Come on, you really belong to Him. Just say, Lord, I'm going to stop all the fighting. I'm going to stop all the resisting. Here is my life. Just surrender to Him. So quietly, that's you. You're saying, yes, Pastor, that's me. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to include you in my prayers. I close off the service. If that's you, you're saying, that's me, Pastor. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to give my life back to God this morning. I want to fresh start new being there in Cape Town North. You're in Cape Town. And just quietly, just slip up your hand above your shoulder so I can pray with you this morning. Thank you. Just slip it up above your shoulder. Come on. Up, up, up. I know. Thank you, donkey. Donkey. I know. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Just above your shoulder so I can acknowledge you. That's all I... I'm not auctioning Christ if I'm just asking you to make it. It's your donkey. 
Come on, up on the balcony. Donkey, donkey. Come on, many hands going up this morning. I'm not trying to sell Christ to you. I'm just the messenger of the one who brings change. But you make that choice. Come last them all. There's a stirring in your heart. Your heart is beating your chest. You're saying, I should have put my hand up, but I didn't. What are people going to think? Forget what people think, man. Think what God thinks. Right now, God thinks much of you. If you're the only person alive on this planet, he would have died just for you. Come on, calm, unashamed. Just say, yes, that's me. Yes, I want to change my life. I want to give my life to Christ. Lift it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down this morning, please. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. It's going to be my greatest honor and privilege to pray with you this morning. The Bible says heaven rejoices when one person makes the decision for Christ. So that's you this morning all over this place. You put your hand up. You didn't. Maybe brought your friend to church. You love your encouragement. You can help that person make a decision. And I want you to do me a favor, please. I want you to take your personal belongings quickly and uh, join me in the front. Leave your seat right now. Just turn to your friend. Come and join me in the front this morning. We're going to pray for you this morning as we close off this service. Come on. There's a great atmosphere of faith in this place. Everybody put up their hands quickly. Leave your seat. Come. I want you to come quickly. Come. Leave your seat. Come. 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 Come on. Cheer them on. Cheer them on. Thank you. Come. 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 Leave your seat. Come. 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 Leave your seat. Walk. just want to pray with you. This is truly the best decision that you can ever make. This is so exciting. This is what we are about. This is what we as CRC, this is what we as Christians are about. We are about winning the loss at any cost. Amen. We are about creating an environment where you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So come on, this is not a walk of shame. This is truly a walk of freedom. This is not a a decision of shame. So don't be uh, cast down. This is a decision of freedom. Every single one of us, I believe, that are still sitting in our seats here, we've had this moment. We've each had to make this decision. So come on, we're going to stretch out our hands to you. Amen. Come on, this is a bold decision. Um, Don't be cast down. You can look up, uh, be excited. This is the first decision of the rest of your life. And you can place your hands on your heart and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe in you this morning. I believe you have risen from the grave. I believe you are alive. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Give me the power to be a child of God. I receive you by faith this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.